This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're continuing through Genesis chapter 12, talking about Abraham, the man of faith, and we're just excited to deal with him. He is a focal point of scripture, especially his family and his life. He is the uh, he is the one who chose to hear God and to go to a place that he didn't know and live among the people he didn't know, and uh, and that that took that took not only faith but it took a moral courage to go and do it. That being said, like everybody in the Bible except for Jesus, like everybody in the Bible except for Jesus. He didn't do it perfectly. He didn't do it perfectly well. And that's what that's one of the things that makes us love the people that we read about in scripture is because generally speaking, they're very in generally speaking in scripture, they're very humanly, very, they're very, very much like us. It's not like we're reading about a whole different race or a whole different, a whole different genome of, of creatures. We're actually reading about just regular old human beings. People, people are people, and I've said that all the, all over the place. People are people everywhere. Everybody is a person. They have emotions. They have intellect. They have they have backgrounds. They have history. They've got all the things that go on in in all the things that go on in life. They people are people, and and it is good to see people in Scripture dealing with God. Especially the ones that are the ones that have done the most of the ones who we know to be people that God approved of, that God worked through, that God's power was at work through. It is good to, as we're studying God's word, it is good to see just regular people because really Abraham was just a regular people. He was just regular. He was a regular person. He, he, but he heard God and he acted upon what God said. And it brought about great results. Now, oftentimes we're worried about the results rather than worried about the faith in God. Remember, God's in charge of the results. God had a plan for Abraham's life and to make him into a great nation and to and to work out his plan through him. God's got the same thing for you. The results may be different. They may come about in a whole different way. In fact, they may be in such a way that you don't even really see those results like that. Oftentimes, oftentimes, uh, we want to meet, be somebody of significance. Let me tell you something. If you're trusting God and you're doing what God has asked you to do, you are someone of significance. If you're trusting God and walking with God, you are glorifying God, which is ultimately what you were made to do. And the outcome has to be the outcome. God has to decide what the outcome is. It's not you that decides what the outcome is. It's God that decides what the outcome is. And your significance in the kingdom of God is that you glorify his name uniquely because there's no one exactly like you. There's no one who's got who's like you in any real way other than their people. And they've got, like we said earlier, they've got emotions, they've got intellect, they've got history, they've got they've got a past and a future, and we all have those things. 
and we all are similar in that way, but you're unique and you uniquely glorify God. And so he says, now there was a famine in the land. Now notice, God sent Abraham. He sent him to Egypt. He sent him to Canaan. He told him where to go. He went right in the middle of that. And he did exactly what God told him to do. And he built altars there. He worshiped God because of God's faithfulness. He worshiped God because he'd heard God and he'd act upon it. He was, Abraham was doing exactly what God told him to do. Boom, he's just right there in the middle of God's will. In fact, the first place he went was right in the middle. If you pull out a map of Canaan and Israel and you just put a finger where he built that first altar and stopped, and did exactly what God had told him to do, you'd see your finger would be right in the middle of Israel. He did exactly, he went right to the middle of God's will, and he built an altar, and he worshiped God there. And boy, that just seems like he has got it going on, doesn't it? It seems like he is the man of God. He, What more can you ask? We're, we're blowing the kazoos and throwing the confetti in the air. He is doing exactly what God wants him to do. And oftentimes we do that and we walk with God and we do exactly what God tells us to do. And, and we trust him and we trust him to be who he is. And we trust him and then we forget. And then we forget. We just forget. We forget certain aspect of who God is and certain aspects of who God is and who we trusted in, in the middle of those aspects. It said, now there was a famine in the land and Abraham went down into Egypt to dwell there for the famine was severe in the land. Now, I understand famines are severe and I understand that it's bad to be in a famine. I, I realize that. I can't say that I've experienced that. But I realize that it's severe and it can be very scary and it can be very fearful and it can be a fearful time for you. I realize all that. But remember, he trusted God and went right to the middle of God's will. Uh, and one of the reasons that he had to trust God and one of the things that he trusted in is that God's sovereign and that he's in control of everything and that he's powerful and that what he's got to do is more important than anything that's going on around us and that his purposes are eternal purposes and that his will is a perfect will. All these things Abraham knew about God. All of these things Abraham knew about it. He knew all that stuff about God. And you know what happened? Right after he got through worshiping God for, for what God had done in his life, a famine hit, the circumstances of the moment changed. And what did he do? He got afraid. He got afraid. That's very humanly of him, wasn't it? That's very peopleish. If that's a word, I don't think it is. It's 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 very peopleish of him, wasn't it? It's 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 a normal thing. He got in there. Things started going bad around him. He sees that the rain's not falling. The crops are not coming in. They're not. They're not. They, it doesn't look like that's going to be a good place to stay. Even though it's right in the middle of God's will. Even though it's right in the middle of God's will, it doesn't look like that's a place where we want to stay. And he heads off to Egypt. Now, you need to do you do need to know this. Every time you read the word Egypt in scripture, I want you to think of, I want you to think of the world. Okay. Egypt is the perfect, it is the quintessential, it is the picture of, of the world. It is every time you deal with Egypt, it's the wealth of the world, it's the power of the world, it's the strength of the world. Egypt is the world. Egypt is a picture in the Old Testament. It's a picture in the New Testament of the world. 
And what I, I love a lot of things about Egypt when I think about Egypt in, in, in scripture, he says, be of the, be in the world, but not of the world. We're to be in the world. Egypt's not necessarily evil. Now, Pharaoh rules over Egypt. And Pharaoh's a picture of the devil, and we do know the devil rules over this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. He is the ruler of this dark age that we live in, but but he's not ruler over us. Why? Because we walk by faith in, in, in God, and God's got a plan and a purpose for us, and his plan and purpose for us, which is completed in Jesus Christ, is greater than the plan of the world. That being said, we're still in the world. We're still having to deal with that. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to be in the middle of God's while we deal with the world around us. And Egypt is always appealing. Egypt, the world and the world's answers to problems is always appealing above God's will and God's way. It always is. I'm telling you, I want you to listen to me this morning. It always is. The world is going to sell you. The world is going to sell you a box of donuts. And they're going to tell you how wonderful it is to be like us. The world's always attractive. It always drawing us in. It always is telling us, we love you. We'll take care of you. And the truth is the world doesn't take care of us. The world doesn't love us. The world doesn't want to do good things for us. The world just wants to use us. And, and when you're in the middle of God's will, the world is going to, and the enemy is going to roar at you and try to make you afraid and try to get you out of the middle of God's will. Always going to happen, always going on, always taking place. You need to realize that. You need to realize that that's what's going to happen. If you watch the news at any point in time in the last two or three years, you can see the world roaring at you, trying to tell you how uh, the economy is terrible, the economy's good, the economy's not telling you everything, telling you about this famine and that disease and this pestilence and that over there. And then a year later, they're telling us exactly the opposite. Sometimes a week later, sometimes a day later, they're telling you exactly the opposite because the world has a an agenda. Egypt has an agenda. The enemy has an agenda. And that agenda is to control you. And the way that the world the way that the enemy, the way that the kingdom of darkness tries to control you, especially if you're one who believes in God, trust in God, is to make you afraid. The Bible says that the enemy is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He doesn't have the power to eat you. God's not allowed him to do that. If you read Job, if you read what Jesus said to Peter right before he went to the cross, he said, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. What is he saying? Satan is desired to shake you. It is desired to shake you up. He says, but when it's over, when it's finished, he says, strengthen your brothers. Notice that Jesus had every expectation that Peter was going to make it through that sifting. And it was a bad sifting for Peter. He denied Jesus three times. He went out and wept bitterly. He saw his Lord and Savior. He saw his Lord and Savior die on a cross. It was a bitter time for Peter. But Peter, but Peter, after it was over, he was strengthened. And God told him to strengthen his brothers. God told him to reach out there and make a difference in his brothers' lives because he knew that the devil had desired to sift him. The devil had desired to roar in his direction and make him quake in his boots. And 
he knew that he had to go through that. We have to go through that. Jesus got, has to go into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the enemy. We're surely going to be in those times, in those seasons where the enemy roars at us. The enemy shakes our lives up. The enemy changes everything. We think it's going really great, and in an instant it changes. You tell me if that's not true. You tell me that, I'm going to tell you, life was going great for Kathleen and myself. We were up here starting a new church. We had a new place to, to be. And then all of a sudden, this big old famine hits and everything changes. Everything everything is different. Now, is it different in a bad way? No, because God made us for this moment. But it is different. Everything is different. I know people who they've got their lives set up and then Mama, mother-in-law has a stroke and, or mother-in-law has this or that. And they, the life takes a turn and it's different. It's hard and it's difficult for a season or, or you break something. Something happens difficult at your job. Those things, those seasons are going to come and those seasons are going to come. Uh, no matter what happens in your life, they're going to come and you need to know that and you need to realize that and you need to trust God in the midst of that and not allow Egypt to call you back to make you comfortable where you are. Remember, the world wants to make you comfortable. The thing the thing the world wants to do is keep you from being who you are in the middle of God's will and glorifying God. The world wants to make you comfortable. And if the world can scare you into being quiet, being still, staying away, not doing what you ought to be doing in the middle of God's will, the world's going to do that. That's going to happen. That's the way life is. And if, if you don't realize that, if you don't know that, if you don't understand that, I'm telling you today, just look around. Remember, remember when things were going really good and you were doing exactly what God told you to do and the enemy growled and something happened and you got thrown off balance. And then all of a sudden you're off doing, chasing after something you shouldn't be chasing after or, or trying to find comfort in something that really is not of God and really wasn't had anything to his purpose. And your thoughts moved away from what? exactly God wanted you to be doing. Do y'all remember those seasons or those times in your life? Every one of us does. Every one of us does. And then all of a sudden we're rushing headlong to Egypt. Let's go to Egypt. Let's head down to Egypt. Let's have some fun in Egypt. I just want to, I just need a break. I just need to get away. Maybe you don't. Maybe you need to stay right in the middle of God's will. Maybe exactly what you need to be doing is being who you're supposed to be. When the devil's let go of you, you're there to strengthen your brothers. In fact, you're the one who who is the person of faith. Now, did Abraham do this? No, he didn't. He didn't. And is Abraham the man of faith? Yeah, he is. He is. What that means is, what that means is that that God understands, like I said at the very start of this Bible study, we people. He knows we are. And he knows that we're not going to do it right all the time. He just knows we are. And he's got to strengthen Abraham because Abraham's going to feed a lot of faith into his children. And Abraham's going to feed a lot of faith into his future and to into the future of humanity. And so God's got to have him experience these times where he goes and does exactly what God tells him to do. And he worships God right in the middle of God's will and then wanders off to Egypt. He's got to. And the reason he wandered off to Egypt is because the devil roared and made him afraid of a famine that would, I'm sure the enemy was saying in the back of his mind, listen, you got to get out of here. Your whole family's going to die. You, everything's going to die. All these promises are going to go away. Is that even possible? No, it's not possible. If God's promised you something, he ain't going to quit. He's not, oh, famine's in the land. Don't have to change my, our plans with Abraham looks like. That's not how that works. It's not how God is. That's not even really, that's not even really a real understanding of who God is. He's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. Yeah, he's everywhere. So that's not even a real understanding of who he is. That's just you thinking like a people and quit thinking like a people all the time. Can I say that to you? 
quit thinking like a people all the time. Start thinking like God wants you to think. Start thinking, th start seeing the world from his perspective. That makes life better. That makes life, that makes life more understandable. And not only that, that brings about peace and pur purpose and power. It says, and it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt, that he said to Sarai, his wife, indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Notice he's going to get into doing some really stupid stuff when he goes to Egypt. He's going to get into some really not doing things smart in Egypt. He's going to he's going to mess up in Egypt. And that's what happens when you headlong into the world. You mess things up and then you got to turn around and head right back to where God's will was in the first place. So don't leave it. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. That's an interesting story and it's, a, it's a, an important story. But I want you to, first of all, realize that God's will is for you. It's a permanent will and it's a personal will and it's a powerful will. It's permanent, personal and powerful. And you need to know that. And you need to realize that and you need to walk in that and not allow the enemy to scare you into doing any anything different now. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus name. Amen.